This is Women and Justice, and my name is Dr. Shante James. I'm doing it. I'm placing religion at the center of this conversation. No, do not turn off this program. Do not run off saying that religion cannot enter certain arenas. It can. I turn to Dr. Velma for this episode. She is an award-winning author with 15 books. She is a certified Christian dating relationship coach, a member of the American Association of Christian Counselors. You did not come here to only hear me, so let me turn the mic over to the speaker as she officially introduces herself and highlights her body of work as it relates to the podcast. I am Dr. Velma Bagby, and it's a pleasure to be here with you on the show. I am a, what scripture calls a Titus II woman, the senior, the older, the wiser, who can offer insight and tip, tips to others along their journey. I've been married 49 years, and I question why did I get this gift? You know, what was the purpose? And my gift was to share tips with others, and how can they create a long life um, partnership with their person. And so I did not, I retired at, after 38 years as a deputy administrator working with state government and was my goal, was not my goal to create a second career, but based on my support and encouragement from my daughters who said, no, no you really need to tell others what you tell us. And that's how my writing career began. And it has taken off from there. And so now I'm 15 books in. I'm also a certified dating and relationship coach. I'm an ordained minister. My husband is a pastor. And like I said, I had no idea that the, the guy I, I met in 10th grade would later become my husband. But the journey is what I share with others, as well as the tips. And so I'm excited to be here with you to talk about whatever you want to present me and whatever questions you have. Okay, so I'm very excited because if you don't know um, about our speaker, she gives positive affirmations all the time. So I'm going to step her back just a little bit and talk about when you say tips, what type of tips are you um, providing to people? Well, one of the things I could say is that after counseling with single women and joining my husband in pre-marriage counseling, I began to see uh, just a pattern. Pre-marriage counseling sessions are not those sessions where the person that you're going to see as a couple before marriage is there to fix your problem. We're not. And I found that many of those situations were not based on the problems they thought they had. It really was you were choosing the wrong person to walk down the aisle with. And then uh, the other conversations with single women over 30 years, uh, just learning about what we have uh, fallen away from. We've fallen away from relying on wisdom because uh, in the uh, early years, 60s and 70s, marriages armed to decline since the 60s, and it's worse among African-Americans, worse in the church. All of that I, I considered as well as the conversations I had on how do I help the next generation? How do I share the wisdom that I've gained over my lifetime to help someone else. And that really was the whole goal is how do I impart wisdom to help others enjoy a long life relationship as well. So that's why in this last series, I thought that I would write Christian uh, nonfiction, which was my first book, but I found that <clears throat> I love <clears throat> writing Christian contemporary fiction, which is what this series is, because I wanted to present stories in a way that I wasn't preachy. And 
And, and that was the whole goal because that's kind of what happens in scripture. It was not, parables were not preaching. They were simply uh, stories designed to help a person to see themselves in it. And then in the story, you provide them with options. But at the end of the story, it really is the person's decision. And so I wanted to take that approach in the stories that I told. And that's why this series has taken off so well. I use fish as analogies uh, representing the man. I have the catfish who loves garbage. I love the I have the sturgeon I talk about who is the person who just will nibble. And then I have the uh, salmon who's non-committal, fights commitment completely, no matter what you try to convince him to do, he's not committing. And then there's the puffer fish who is a representation of what a toxic relationship looks like because the puffer fish is really a handsome fish until you agitate it. Then it puffs up three times its size with poisonous points coming out of his body. So I wanted to try to present those kind of stories. And then my latest book deals with the trophy fish. And trophy fish are a part of a multi-million dollar business. And so these fish are huge and massive. It takes a fisher or, or an angler a long time to try to catch one. So to win that money, it, they may they may have several men in the boat just to help to try to tire that fish out. But that fish will fly up out of the water trying to knock the hook out, out of his mouth. And so what he looks like on land or as a man, the trophy fish is the type of guy who wants to be the center of attention all the time. So he's he's representing the narcissistic man. And so he must be the center and everybody else is just extras in his movie. And so that was the fourth book that I just released. Uh, I'm sorry, the third book I released in April. So again, just presenting those stories and so many women, so many podcasts, interviewers said, I met those guys, I met that fish, I met this fish, I, I dated all four of those fish. And so it just was so comforting to know that it was resonating with people and that it was doing exactly what it was designed to do. Okay, so let's just make sure everyone has the information. So first tell me the title of the four book series so people have that first. The series is called The Catch Series. Okay, and then, um, can you explain just a little bit about uh, Christian contemporary fiction? Can you define that term for us? So, sure. Okay. Because I had some challenges in the, in the beginning among the Christian community. They prefer nonfiction. Anything you write. And yeah, that's part of my training because I have a THD. I have a theology, uh, doctorate in theology. I understand expounding, explaining what the word says. But in this particular case, I found my comfort in the fact that, and, and I don't know about your platform, about whether or not I could say Jesus. I don't know. You can, I don't want to be you can, you can. Okay, no, you can, you. you can, you okay, can. Okay, so, woo, I'm free. <laughs> I thought you were being hesitant too. And I was just no, like. No, because I didn't I know. Like, I, tr oh, I was okay. trying to be respectful. I appreciate, I appreciate the question. No, um, but I just want you to present I, it the way you, you know. Thank you. Uh -huh. I found my home in contemporary fiction, despite the fact that I knew that Christian, the Christian community preferred nonfiction. Well, for people who are not as familiar with scripture, that becomes that comes across as too preachy. That was not my desire. Jesus wrote over 50 parables. Parables are fictional stories. And I'm going, OK, did you guys read the parables? They're fictional stories. So right. why it's are you kind of like hesitant? missing it? Yes. Right. And so I said, OK, I'll use the approach he used, 
that's the approach I just described. He told stories. He used something that was familiar with the person he was talking to. He never hit them over the head about this is what you need to do. This is how you need to change. He basically told the story, used something common, and he used fish in one of his stories. And then in his story, he always used a way of escape, a way to change. And at the end of it, he just left it up to the person. It, it wasn't he, he didn't he didn't make the person make a choice right then and make a decision. And that's really not the goal anyway. It's everybody has a choice and it's their choice. And so I took that approach. I just happened to decide to use the fish when I heard my husband preaching one Sunday. And he said, ladies, if the fish aren't biting, it's time to change the bait. I'm going, oh, that's it. That's what I'm going to write about. So I called an expert at fishing and that's my oldest brother and spends every day all day fishing i said what's your favorite fish and when he began to describe each each fish i could see exactly the guy in the story that would fit that fish and that's how i got there i began those analogies and that's what began this series because the readers loved it it did exactly what i set out to do is to prepare uh, some stories that would uh, resonate with people where they can just simply see themselves in it. Matter of fact, one in the Black Book, which is the first one, The Catch No One Wants, it tells of a story of a young lady who was uh, 32 at the time of the story, but she has set a goal for herself to be married by 30. Her father just happens to be a pastor who teaches a class on dating for marriage and saw her mistakes and her errors and the kind of guy she was dating, just trying to rush through men to find a husband. So he decides to step in and takes her on a fishing trip. And that's where he introduces the fish and the analogies based on the men he's watched her dating. And in the end of that black book, he, she appreciates so much because she could see every one of the guys she had been with and was thankful she got out of those situations because it could have turned out and turned out another way. So she got out of them. And so at the end of the story, he gave her tools, study guides for her to begin working on herself. Because, again, it's all about uh, understanding your worth first. It's not about always running down the aisle. It's easy to walk down the aisle, but it's really about understanding who you are first, uh, embracing who you are first. And many of the women like the catfish, the strong, he sits at the bottom eating garbage. He looks for smelly food and smelly things. He's not going after anything, just sits in the mud, waiting for something dead to drop down near him to eat. And so a catfish on land as a man, what he smells is your poor self-worth. The fact that you don't have good uh, a good vision of who you are and, and you have not accepted your worth as a woman. And so those are the type of women he would gravitate towards so he can use and abuse them. And so that's why I wrote the stories in the way that I did. We actually practice a dating practice that's just a couple of hundred years old. If we do the research, you'll find out what we actually practice is not old. But I find that there's so many keys to unlock so many questions we have if we take the time to study in, in God's word. And so these are just some of the keys that I use in the book to help introduce it to people. What I found hard was moving away from expounding on the word, referencing scripture because it's fiction. And so I, my editor had to remind me. So I kept extracting out. I said, oh, that's right. I can't put that in there. Can't. So I said, well, okay, God, where do I put? 
if somebody wants to know, okay, where does that say that? Where, where does that say that? Because if you want to talk about the over 50 scriptures that talk about what a fool looks like, what a fool acts like, girl, that's a guy right there and who not to date and who right. not to talk to. Just looking at those fool scriptures. So I said, what if somebody wants that? So the second book came to mind. It's a nonfiction. It's where I put all that stuff I couldn't put in the fiction book for those who want that, for those who want the references, the 50 scriptures about a fool. All of those are in there, as well as those that refer to you as who you are as a woman and why God calls us as women who are worth a lot. He calls us a ruby and a ruby is the the monster and the master of all gemstones, not the diamond, but the ruby. And that's who we that's who we are. But if you don't believe that about yourself, you don't value that about yourself. It's very difficult for you to find somebody that you hope to find. And so that's where why I wrote those that contemporary fiction. So it sounds like you're trying to provide a platform for where the individual is standing, whether I'm religious or not, would you? That's right. Okay. So in saying that, let me flip it to you. How do you Mm -hmm. deal with the question of saying, especially um, within our society, I would assume that you kind of hit the backlash of people kind of saying, well, I'm not really at the point to have a relationship or I'm Mm -hmm. not going to have a relationship how mm-hmm. do you deal with that aspect because I know you do a lot of the dating and relationship and I question yeah. too when people say hey I don't want to have a relationship uh, you know as you talk to them a little bit more they've been kind of burnt so bad they're just like I'm done that's right um, that's right so, so how and do you deal with that current, backlash well first of all that's what the current date dating process does it leaves you broken there's no commitment in it it never was Dating for marriage has commitment in it because my sole purpose is to discover who that person would be for me. But before I even get there, which is what I stress in all of the books, I have to make sure I have embraced me. I have to make sure I I know me, that I love me, that and I'm not talking about self-care. I'm talking about loving you. How can you love anyone else? You don't even love yourself and also not pursuing a mate because you want to improve who you are. But I say, work on you first, identify who you are and accept who God has created you to be because you're valuable. You're more valuable than rubies. You're special. You're the apple of his eye. All of those great things are attributes, he says, about a woman. So I also emphasize that first. It's not about finding a person. And so let me make that clear. I give you guidelines on how to do that, but it's not about finding. Your life can be just as happy embracing who you are. And so that's my point. For those who um, say that I'm not looking for anyone, I said, well, you know what? You've discovered who you want and what you want and who you want to be. So that really isn't my audience, but I just applaud the person and hope that they have embraced who they are and still do the same thing that I say to all of the women. Make sure that you understand who you are and that you're, you're valuable and your worth and, and your value and your worth. So that's what I would say to that person. I've had people who were really um, negative and and about my approach and what I talk about. And that's okay. Everybody is a free country. You get to express whatever you want to express. That's okay. And I simply tell them then that's not my audience. My audience are those who have been broken, who have been misused, who have gone through this 
dating process that's left them in that place. And I, I remind people of what something my grandmother said. And she said, God will not send you a broken glass to cut your lip. Because if you're broken, what good does it ma matter if a great man walks into your life? You're, eventually, you're going to cut him up because you're so broken. So work on you first. Don't even think about trying to get into a relationship until you have embraced who you are, who God created you to be. So that's usually my approach. I saw you laugh on my grandmother's statement. For the grandmother's statement, I did. Okay, but let me step you back um, and ask this. So I always try to get people to say, hey, what are the first few steps to get you on that road? So in your mm -hmm. estimation, what are the first few steps so the person starts to, it sounds like a reflection of themselves to yeah. say, um, so yeah. in your mind, cause I know you have, uh, you have the certification. Um, I mm -hmm. know that you have all this training concerning dating. So how do you, what are those first few steps? So the person, I would say, embrace this process. To the encourage first thing them. that go, yeah. going back to making sure you know who you are, making sure you embrace who God says you are. And, and then the hold on, let me stop you there. Okay. So you said mm -hmm. letting them know who who God said. So do I have to be religious to stand in the space with you? No. Okay. You just have to know that you're so valuable. You, many people don't get to hear that. Many people don't know that. No one's told them that, but that's really who God says you are. All of us. When you think in terms of how, how we were ever made, if you go back to being religious, if I can. I'm good with that. To, I'm good with that. Yeah. Okay. Going back to the Genesis, my very first book was my daughters asked me, mom, why are men so slow? That was my first book. And it was called Your Adam is Asleep Until God Opens His Eyes. That was the nonfiction in response to their questions. So the book captures all of our conversations. They're adults uh, at the time. That was when... Um, Many of the online platforms, dating platforms were taken off. It's mom, why are men so slow? I'm so tired, blah, blah, blah. And once we began our conversations and I went all the way back to Genesis, I said, look, I said, when God created Adam, he created him by himself. There was no woman. There was after he gave him his charge and told him what he expected him to do. Did he later create her? And it was him, not Adam, who said it's not good that man would be alone. God made that determination, not Adam. Adam was just as fun. Adam was satisfied with what he had. God hung out in the garden with him. He wasn't lonely. I hear people say he was lonely. No, he wasn't. He had God there. So even when that, being by yourself, uh, and those who say, I'm so lonely, well, if you're religious, I would say then something's off with you and God's relationship. Because if you had him present, you wouldn't feel lonely because you're all you're never alone, according to him. Never. And so in that uh, story, I was telling them, I said, there must be a reason God delayed for a minute creating the woman. I said, you know how we are <laughs> by, by our own <laughs> admission. We <laughs> right. want to help. We want to jump in there, tell Adam how to, no, don't put the plan over there. No, the seed goes there. So it was a minute where God wanted to make it clear. He understood what his charge was. And then he said, wait, it's not good that he be alone. Let us make uh, uh, a help me for him. And I don't want to get into details on this, but there's definitions of that health me. A lot of people get misconstrued because she was a leader in uh, Proverbs 31. That's a leader, a businesswoman, business-minded woman who can barter. All of those things are wrapped up in a woman. So 
he created her differently. He took a rib from Adam, which tells you there was DNA in what he had and then created her. And I said to them, there was a reason there was the, the weight there. I said, because an Adam at dust, dust level is not ready for you. Adam by himself with God was to me at dust level. He wasn't ready yet. He wasn't mature yet. He, was, he hadn't understood his assignment yet. So it wasn't until after all of that did she come along. I said, so think about that. I said, he may not be slow. I said, but in that time that he presented Eve to Adam, he was asleep. And then he, and some people say, oh, he took a rib from his side so the woman should stand by her side. I said, well, that's send that lie back to the pit of hell because that's not true. <laughs> what is true <laughs> is every so many so many people have an extra rib. We all have 24. Some people have 25. I said, could it be God leaving us a clue in terms of where that extra, extra rib was? And guess where it, where, where it is? People with an extra rib have an extra rib right here around the neck, right here in the position of leadership. And so to say that she was coming from the side, not quite true. Because science, science says there's an extra rib up here occasionally. So that must be where that rib came from. And so in that, I explained that Adam's eyes were closed the entire time. He didn't have any part in what this woman would look like and what God had designed for him to have. And I still say that to this day, that what God has designed for you to have, he's already designed for you to have. And so when I talk to women about that husband-to-be list that many of them like to write and they say things like there's not enough good men. I said, that's a lie. There's plenty of good men. First, are you a good woman? Can you meet all of the things you say on your list that you want him to have? Can you, can you meet those things? And so it's important for us to change how we approach all of this and really use wisdom. So I, I hope that. <laughs> no, that did answer it. Okay. Because we're getting close to time, but I do want to make sure I touch on two more points with you. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when you're defining women based upon your, your degrees mm -hmm. and your knowledge base and the arena that you're standing in in your books, um, how do you define women? Well, yeah, I know it's loaded just, for you. I know it's loaded. It really is. It's really Beyond loaded. what I just said, her purpose was man would never, ever move into what all that he's been designed to or accomplish all that he has been designed to accomplish without her. So I'm making that clear. When, when God says it's not good, he knew that Adam could not accomplish all that he had given him to do without her. Every other animal had a partner except for Adam. So he knew. And then what he built into us, the, when you think about the Proverbs uh, 31 woman, she's a co-leader when you define and go into the original language of a help me. It's not a servant. She's a co-leader with him. She's just as much a leader as he is. And so when you think about what that woman had to have at the time that God created her, she had to be able to step in wherever she needed to step in. And so I, I describe her as a leader. I describe her as someone who's valuable, which is why so many women are, are successful in business. She took everything she had in her at home. She was running a business at home. So how difficult was that to transfer? I was a deputy administrator. 
I had over 100 uh, people under me. I wrote um, training and guides for new managers and what that would look like and what, you what attributes and things they should, qualities they should have. So that was easy for me to flip and, and, and then write what I knew I had to write. I used even some of the business acronyms and used them for a woman to really assess herself. Make sure that you see yourself as valuable. And if you're not sure, use a SWOT analysis. What are your strengths, your weaknesses, your opportunities, or what are the threats? Use the SWOT analogy. Some of those things, all of that, I put into that workbook so that the woman who, the woman that I read about, the woman that I know that God had intended would change so many lives because of who she is. Nothing shifts or changes until a woman has her hands in it. And that's what I know. Okay. All right. We have a few more seconds. Um, is there <laughs> something that you want to always say to our guests? Is there something that you want to leave us with? And let me, before you kind of um, say something, one of the things that was so impressive and why I was so excited about the guests coming in today was as I was doing my research and looking at the profile, I saw that she empowered her granddaughter to be published. And I just, I was just so impressed with that because I think it's important for us to gain knowledge, but yeah. when you pour into someone else, yeah, that's the best gift to me that you can give to a person. Absolutely. Taking the time Absolutely. and um, pouring into someone else because it's easy mm -hmm. to do it on your own. Um, but that yeah. was one of the things that or the accolade that was so impressive. Um, so I didn't want her to kind of get away without me saying that about her before <laughs> she. But I want to leave the floor so she can make her last statement to us before we go. Well, I just wanted to say that everything about my books, even though like with my own daughters, we start off talking about men and dating. Even in my books, we talk, start off talking about dating and who's the right kind of person to date. But you'll see at the conclusion of all of them, it turns the hand, it turns the, the focus back to the woman herself. Stop blaming everybody else for things that you can take control of. Stop blaming what isn't happened based on what you think the other person should do. No, embrace who you are first. And that's part of that journey with my own daughters. I said, if you walked into your life now, are you ready? And both said no. And they were right. And so was it in the story of the character, Veronica, all of it. So I just want to say that it's important that I encourage other women, that you empower yourself and know your own self-worth, that you know how valuable you are beyond the topic, because none of that occurs until you know who you are. And that's what I want to leave you with. Thank you. Okay, before you go, because I keep saying that, but wait a minute. Um, tell us the title of your book again, and then tell us where they can, because I know you do different public speaking dates. So can you give us our um, your website? Sure. My website is drvelma.com. You can always reach out to me by email, and that's info at drvelma.com. I'm on all social media. And so you can find my books right now on Amazon and all the online bookstores. They're available. Actually, right now, if you go to smashwords.com, those books are available as uh, free. The ebooks are available free for the month of July. That's, that ends July 31st. But if you want to purchase the actual paperback, then you can go on to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, any of the online pro, um, stores to get it. All right. Thank you so much. 
I appreciate it. It was a pleasure. See, including religion was not that hard. Let me echo Dr. Velma by confirming that you should take the time to know yourself and love yourself. I promise the rest will come. The road will be bumpy, but the rest will come. In November, my third book comes out. It's a cozy. But before that date, which is November the 14th, I have quite a few speaking engagement and book signing events. Look for me on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram for the next events. Have a great day.